Welcome to the Healthy Lifestyles Podcast, located here in Northwest Phoenix, Glendale, and Peoria. My name is Dr. Nick Hunter. I am a doctor of physical therapy, and I own and operate Preferred Physical Therapy, where we have helped hundreds of people aged 40 plus stay active and independent, live free from painkillers, and avoid surgery even if they've had pain for years. I have written over eight eBooks on how to treat common injuries and hosted numerous webinars, all in an effort to help educate the public on how to care for and maintain their bodies to live with joy, dignity, and without compromise. This podcast is intended to help you make better decisions about your health so you can find joy in the journey by bringing together top healthcare providers, fitness experts, and nutritionists in the area to give you the knowledge and confidence needed to make good health decisions. Thank you for joining us today. We are blessed to have Dr. Vanessa Tartaglia with us. She started her direct primary care practice in November 2020 after years of working in a traditional family medicine office and seeing the downfalls firsthand. With a patient load of more than 3,000 cases, she felt her patients were consistently waiting for access to her and she knew things had to change. She envisioned a small, intimate practice and care for patients the way they deserve to be treated. She wanted to make medicine personal again, placing the doctor-patient relationship at the center of her practice. And that's what motivated her to start Tartaglia Family Medicine. Her clinic is in the Northwest Valley as well, and patients play, pay a flat rate monthly membership fee without the hassles of insurance or surprise future bills. Her simplified healthcare model lets her offer improved access, no rushed appointments, wellness care, urgent care, and much more. Dr. Tartaglia received her undergraduate degree in nutritional science from the University of Arizona. Go Wildcats. She then went on to become a registered dietitian. She completed medical school at Midwestern University, Arizona, osteopathic medicine in Glendale, and residency at Banner University, Good Sam, family practice residency, where she served as chief resident. As a doctor of osteopathic medicine, she is certified by the American Board of Family Medicine and a 2019 top doctor in Phoenix Magazine. Dr. Tartaglia is also a member of the American Academy of Family Physicians and Arizona Academy of Family Physicians. Along the way, she married her high school sweetheart and has three amazing kids. They continue to live, play, CrossFit, and attend church in Peoria, Arizona with their two dogs and frequently venture out for weekend camping trips. Well, did I miss anything in that introduction? That was perfect, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's so great to have you. Uh, we've had a few conversations in the past, and one of the things I'm thrilled to talk to you about is is this model of healthcare that you've embarked in because we're seeing a growing trend. I think there's more and more doctors who really do value care and patient care the way that you do uh, to come out and do it on their own. Describe a little bit of this model that you're in because it, it is somewhat new and a lot of folks don't know about it. So describe mm -hmm. it a little bit more. So direct primary care is basically a membership-based model. So I describe it kind of like joining a gym, right? So it's an it's a monthly membership, and the you know the practice sets that monthly membership. It's it's different in different areas of your cities or different areas of the country. Some people are familiar with the word concierge medicine or boutique medicine. So really, that that term is is very broad, but it is really just a membership-based um, practice. And with that is access to your doctor. So essentially. You have access to me 24-7 if you needed it. Um, and that access to care is, is really what 
I think part of what sets us apart from just previous kind of corporate medicine where access to care is so difficult. Um, and in many ways, it's simple. So when you come see me, there's no 20-minute check-in process with giving your insurance card and your driver's license and a 20-minute check-in. And then you sit down and you wait another 20 minutes to see me. And then there's another checkout process. So it's pretty seamless. And so there's no co-pays when you come see me. Um, it's just you sit down and, you know, we do our normal stuff and we have our appointment. Very easy. You mean the idea about making an appointment, coming in for that appointment and being seen really soon within the appointment time and then leaving after having seen the doctor that entire appointment time. Yep. There's no more fluff at the beginning, no more fluff at the end, no more moving from one waiting room to a treatment room where you wait again. None of that. All that goes away. No, it's phenomenal. People don't even sit in our lobby like they don't because my appointment times are so spaced out that I'm usually done with the the appointment. And then so I usually my staff or myself will walk you right back to the exam room. Um, So they're yeah, they don't even sit down. It's almost so commonplace now to be to hear the receptionist at the front. Oh, so and so doctor is running a little behind. It's like, what does that even mean? Because it can be forever or it could be quickly. So you're saying in your case, it's more just come in, check in, and then before you even sit down, we're going back to go see Dr. Tartaglia. Yeah. And and just to kind of give your listeners an idea, doctors don't like to run late. Like it's right, stress, right. it stresses us out to run late. Um, and that was probably one of my biggest stressors because we all, you know, we all value time, right? I value my time and and I know my patients value their time. So a lot of those systems are you know, the systems are in place and, and it's hard to change a big system, right? So part of it, I run late because I spend time with my patients. So, you know, in 15 minutes, it's very difficult to address everyone's health issues, right? So then hence, that's how you just get backed up. So I would run in and out of three rooms. So I ran three rooms in a clinic all day long, every day, right? And so that where that's where it really becomes a problem. And that's where my stressors, because I don't, I don't, I was apologizing all the time. I'd sit down. I'm so sorry. I'm running late. I'm so sorry. I'm running late. So I felt like I was constantly apologizing for being late. And again, unfortunately there was nothing I could do to kind of change that. Right. Everything was outside of your control at that Mm -hmm. point. Yep. I completely agree. And the idea that um, in 15 minutes in a 15 minute discussion, yes, you can get maybe to the, the bottom of one, maybe two conditions, maybe two things, but then the depth of explanation, the depth of experience that's needed for the patient to buy in on what treatment plan you're prescribing or what prescription you're offering, what the overall long-term plan is for them. Describe how how very different the model you're in now is to that limited 15-minute space that you were experiencing it's so different, like it's so different. It's hard to explain, right? Because I agree with you. It, it is. It's hard to put like to quantify that, but just to give you some examples, right? So education, I love, I like to talk and I love to educate my patient, right? So with, for example, diabetes, let's just take that one as an easy fix, right? So it's much easier for me to give you a medication and lower your blood sugar than it is to get to the root of the problem and really dive into what you're putting in your body, right? And that that's a big conversation. So what are you eating for breakfast, right? Let's talk about, you know, are you bringing your lunch to work? How often do you eat out, right? And so that opens a huge bag of worms, right? Because I now I'm digging deep. I'm really digging into your life. And a lot of people are, are you know, 
it's a lot of a long conversation. And then now, now that I know about it, now I have to see how I can fix some of that or make some adjustments. That is not something that we can do in 15 minutes, right? Um, so hence, that's just one very good, one easy example of how I need more time in order to do a really good job. And that's where I found like, in this, in this model of medicine that you offered, people who aren't wanting to go to the doctor for the, the quick fix, the pill, the the injection or something that's that's going to require very little of them to do. And instead, they're looking for a true guidance for a kind of a, a true a true help to identify what is the root cause of these conditions and what are moves that can make more naturally, more sustaining and less pharmaceutical in order mm-hmm. to reach the outcome that I want is where I, I see this space of medicine really transforming because we're we're getting more and more research about the dangers and, and damages that these that these pills and these medicines are causing and ultimately not delivering the outcome that we want because now we have pills on pills on pills pills to take care of side effects of pills and it's and when is that cycle end and in the space that you're offering you can actually have the conversations that are going to create a meaningful change? Well, what I tell people is sometimes by the time they get to me, they're pretty broken, right? Yeah. And then I'm really, I'm so behind the eight ball trying to catch up, right? But this model allows you, there's no barriers to come see me, right? So if I can break down the barriers and you can see me when it's convenient for you and on your schedule and on your terms, um, and you're not waiting, a typical wait for me would be several weeks, right? Well, if you're sick, then now you're deferring to urgent care, right? So that's one issue. Um, and you don't really get to see me. And I find that my patients really want, they want me, right? Because that's where that relationship building comes in. Someone um, you can trust. Right, right. Versus de- right. Versus deferring people. So um, I, feel, I feel like if I can catch something like diabetes before it gets to the problem where now you're coming in with, you know, your blood sugars are in, you know, the 300s, 400s. If I can catch them when they're, you know, 130s, 150s, right? I can make a world of difference, right? I can stop that trajectory of of that cycle of um, your life, right? If we can catch you up here. But there's so many barriers and it's so complicated. It's hard to get into doctors. Who's on my plan? Who's not on my plan? Oh, now they're not on my plan. And, you know, oh, then and now it takes three weeks to get in. And then, oh, then the doctor cancels or I mean, it's just so many. So it's so complicated. And that's why nobody wants to go to the doctor. And um, I feel like now my I just I enjoy those conversations because I feel like it's like exciting for me because I have so much opportunity now. Yeah, you have time to complete the puzzle mm-hmm. versus always scrambling to look for the pieces. Yep. Uh, I think that's a fantastic um, description of what you're trying to do here because many, many patients, uh, from their perspective, don't see the amount of headspace that's taken up in, in trying to navigate what we can do in 15 minutes and, and, and then have to justify to the insurance company why we're doing what we're doing and all the time that that takes when really there's all these barriers to care that exist that the patient doesn't even see. Mm-hmm. And now on the back end, with you able to, to get rid of those, we free up all that headspace. And it, it, can you, if you can, and it's hard to describe, but if you can, how, how would you describe the amount of, of burden that's lifted or amount of freedom that you have now in your thought process to actually care for the patient? Uh, yeah, you're right. It is hard to quantify. Um, but I've had several of my patients that have been my long-term patients that have followed me over. And I've had several of them just tell me, 
there's something about you that's different. Like you look less stressed. And, and maybe I didn't realize I was, I was stressed because I tried, you know, again, you, you try to do your best with the patients that in, it's in front of you. But the documentation for being able to charge your insurance and, and bill out and get paid is overwhelming is and that puts it lightly right overwhelming and so time consuming so if i want to look at you during your office visit and actually talk to you and look into your eyes and not my computer all of that documentation has to be done on my own time right so when do i do that after hours right on my lunch right in the evenings when the kids go to sleep that's when i would document right so the trade-off is my work-life balance right so if i want to do a good job in the room and not be staring at my computer and clicking the whole entire time and actually listening to you then all of that work shifts into the evening hours for me and that's what was happening i could not in the hours i had during my work day i couldn't get it all done there's not enough there was not enough hours um and especially hence, at the volume that you were seeing patients no, not at that kind of volume. Yeah. So for me, that doc, I mean, there's still obviously documentation, but my documentation is my documentation, right? And to do a good job, that's my documentation. I don't necessarily have to worry about certain clicks or measures or those kind of things because mm-hmm. I'm, there's no, I don't have to worry about reimbursement because the patient is reimbursing yeah, there's me. There's no for insurance my care. audit. Yeah. Nope. That's one of the things for us too, because we are uh, we have transitioned out of insurance and more towards an out of network or direct pay model as well in the past three years, and many patients don't don't quite they they, they hear physical therapy and they have kind of the, the same simple idea of the two biggest problems we have is that you come in you see the PT for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes and then you're left on your own to do exercises that are very simple to do at home without any supervision and that's often what they're getting and it's a similar to what you describe it's a mill or a run of constant flow of patients PT seeing three and four and five patients an hour and just like you we're burdened with that how do I medically justify as a keyword how do I medically justify the treatment that I'm that I'm doing so that if insurance were to come in and audit my notes, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna say, okay, that's that's justifiable versus what's not. And when all that goes away, when all that goes away and you and me yeah. can see each other for an hour, we're one-on-one 60 minutes with a patient, the experience is completely different. I've had patients who have yeah. written me notes saying, thank you for letting me pay cash for my treatment. So we could spend the whole time together. It's just amazing the difference in the level of care, but also just the level of attention to the whole system and the whole body system and how it all interrelates to get them back to health. Yeah, I, I do. I feel like the people that now have come in and have seen me several times and can get a taste of how this works. I mean, they are just like, this is amazing. I've had some people say, you're not charging enough. <laughs> right. Um, it, it, it's super cute just because I, I do feel like once you see it, they do see the value. But, but it's different, right? So the model is different. So it's a lot to wrap people's head around because patients and many, and for, for, that, for that matter, many doctors don't understand. So when you don't understand, you just kind of keep doing what you're doing over and over again, right? And so they don't know that there's this whole other world that exists. And and truthfully, I, I really didn't either up until two years ago. I, I mean, I kind of knew, but I really didn't know. Right. So part of my mission now is to like educate, right? Not only patients, but doctors, like, like, because there's a lot of burnout with physicians in, in all, but especially primary care, right? Because we're thick in the trenches and 
So I feel like if I can tell doctors that this exists, like it will extend people's kind of not only your quality of life, but really your enjoyment with what you do every single day and prevent some of that burnout and doctors leaving medicine um, because they just can't, they can't handle it anymore. They can't handle, you know, because we all went into this for you know, underlying good reasons, right? That we right. want to take care of the patients, but little by little, people. right? Little by little, it's been taken away from us. Um, it erodes our passion. I mm-hmm. completely agree yeah. with you. And that's one of the things too is we've we've all been we've all had someone that we've dealt with professionally who was not that passionate about their job, mm-hmm. whether that's a a cashier at a restaurant or a server host at a restaurant, I'm like whoever it is, doctors in a similar space, PTs in a similar space. When that kind of passion has been eaten away at and eroded over time, the kind of care that you can expect is is not the same. And like so many of your patients who have seen you in the past and then now seeing you in your new model, have been able to express the, the difference that you are. Yeah. And I think it's it speaks volumes to obviously how, how you are handling it, but also the, how the model really changes the game for the patient's perspective of what primary care really should be and what it was intended to be when it was started versus what it has become over the last few decades. Yeah, the medicine itself is not that hard, right? But we've made it hard. The system has made it hard. So That's kind of what I feel like. Well, I completely agree. And I remember seeing you growing up tons of old time movies where the doctor would, would make a house visit or make a house call and he got yeah. his leather, his leather bag. Right. And it's like that, that idea to me was so foreign because who, what doctor has the time to drive in their car to, to make a house call to uh-huh. the, a patient who's sick in bed, which sounds fantastical. Like it's, it's like a fantasy land, but here we are, we're, we're nearly in that space. We're nearly in that model where if you're if you're not well, you call, you come in that day. We could spend time to, to get to know what's going on and actually observe some of the case right. as it develops. And to kind of touch on that part of family practice, right, is that that relationship, unlike many specialists where you might not see them very often, family practice, we get to know you, right? right. We know you, your life, your wife, your kids, like we just know that 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 whole person, which is why I love why I really love my job. Um, but I feel like part of it is because I know you when you're well, when you're sick, I know it, right? Like, I'm like, Ooh, you don't look good. Like I, I can call it out because I've, I've seen you when you're well, versus if you just walk into my office and I don't know you, I'm like, eh. you know, so yeah, that's where that, that long-term relationship with your doctor, they, they kind of just, they know you and they know if somebody calls, I'm like, they never call. If they call they're sick, they need to come in. Cause I know they're really sick. So that's the piece I love. Yeah. When, what a difference that makes from a standpoint of, of what you're able to provide it from a value perspective, worlds above what they're going to be able to receive anywhere else. But then from a perspective of the kind of medicine and care that you deliver, I mean, how fulfilling is it for you now to feel like that this is why I wanted to get into this. This is the passion that I was driven to endure medical school for, endure residency, all the work that you put in to now be able to practice the way that it was that you had intended it to be done. Uh, how fulfilling for you. So worth it. One question I love to ask is, um, what is it? So for us in our clinic, we, we hear it often because we'll be working with them for a few weeks and then they'll come to me and they'll say, Nick, I wish I would have done something sooner. I wish I would have known about this sooner or hadn't waited so long to get care. What, what advice do you give to people um, to help them see the value of preventive medicine? Well, one simple thing is I kind of tell people, if you don't prioritize yourself, nobody will prioritize you. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just how life is. And many people that are in caregiver roles, right. You know, a lot of we moms just, out there, a, a lot of moms, right. So I'm a female, so I, I attract a lot of moms. So this conversation well, comes up it. a lot, yeah. right. So we prioritize maybe our, our spouse, our job, our kids, whatever it is over ourselves, And then we wonder why am I tired? Why am I overweight? Why, why, why? Well, you, you just, you, you've just not prioritized yourself and people feel like that's selfish and, you know, you can make it selfish, but there's a lot of ways to not make that selfish. So you, I really feel like part of it is kind of that inward reflection of you need to take care of yourself first. I, I'm sure I've heard this analogy somewhere where, you know, that like on the airplane, your oxygen mask, right? So yeah, you give yourself you gotta, the you oxygen mask before first. you before you put it on your kids. Yep. Totally agree. We see so many, so many females in the late 40 to late 50 stage who now are, are in that kind of early grandparent stage. And they feel like from a grand, from an identity standpoint, they want to take care of the grandkids similar to the way they took care of their kids. And they're, they're kind of doing both. And then they notice a decade later, hips are hurting, back is hurting, they have gained weight, they're not as active because they've been so consumed in taking care of, kind of maintaining this mothering role and and now their health is failing to where they can't, they, they can no longer identify that way. Right. And so it, it's hugely important that we help people see how the, the kind of care that exists for them to get it quickly and have access to it accurately is ultimately gonna yeah. help them maintain that identity, maintain that role of being able to, to mother and, and be there for them, uh, but do so at a level that doesn't continue to decline their health. I feel like I'm a better wife. I'm a better mom. I'm a better doctor when I can take care, when I take care of myself. I'm not perfect. And I've had seasons of life where I've done it well and seasons of my life where it, it, I have not done that well. But I feel like, you know, I can, I can be better when I take better care of myself in all of those roles. Yeah. Now you mentioned CrossFit in your introduction. How long have you been doing CrossFit? So I'll kind of give you a little background story. So I, before CrossFit, I didn't really exercise much, a little bit. I mean, like I would, you know, run a mile or, you know, do a little bit of here and there. I was just never what I consider exercisers. I did it because I had to. Um, and then someone for lack of a better word, forced me to try CrossFit. And I was like, I don't lift weights. Like uh -huh. I don't do that kind of thing. Um, and I tried it and I, I, I just fell in love. Like I, there was something about it, the adrenaline, the energy. So CrossFit's a combination of, you know, some weightlifting and cardio kind of all mixed in one. But what I love about it is one, um, you know, there's a sense of community, but more importantly, I think too, I make a lot of decisions during the day, right? Like constantly as a mom and as a doc, I love being able to show up and you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right. I love that oh, yeah, not yeah. having to think about it. So I started about a year after I had my daughter and she is 12. So for about 11 years, I have been doing it. Um, and, I, I, you know, I love every part about it. That's awesome. I, I, I CrossFit too. I've been doing it for not quite that long, but um, almost eight years and very similarly feel like from a, I think there's a kind of a bad rap that CrossFit has received in terms of injury and, and intensity that people immediately would think, oh, that's not for me. It's too intense or it's too dangerous. Mm -hmm. When the reality is it is if you aren't aware of your body, if you don't go into it knowing that you're going to have limitations and you try and compare yourself too much to other people in that room, then you you then overdo it and do too much where if you if you approach it like anything you with some incremental degrees of improvement yep. or progression 
there's an immense amount of space for for overall health and wellness. Uh, I have I have less low back pain. I used to I, so I did marathons. I did a lot of running, and I had issues with low back pain uh, because of how many miles I was putting on. But what I then came to realize was that I was doing nothing to develop strength. And so one of the, the points that you made about it being a kind of a strengthening program, what I've noticed, especially now, is I've I, I just turned 40, but the amount of strength capacity we're all in this state of decline. We're all in this lowering state of decline from our, our strength capacity standpoint. And if I don't attend to it, it declines even more rapidly. And what I've noticed about CrossFit and why I like it so much is it build, like you said, show up, I walk in, show up, they tell me what to do and I do it. And as long as I'm doing it in proper form and technique and safely to my limits, to my own limitations, it's it's a totally safe environment to do it in. But if I, uh, if I just show up at the gym, because I go to uh, to Lifetime to play basketball. If I show up there, I go into the weight yep. room and I just like, no, I'm not interested whatsoever. I do not want to think about what weight I'm going to be doing because what ends up happening is I, I overlook or I, I only do certain things so often and then I have other things that I've not attended to, whether that's balance, strength, power, agility, endurance, all the things that you kind of mentioned. So yep. I've, I've been a big fan of it. And I, I hate the idea that patients will go into a doctor and be told, oh, you shouldn't be doing CrossFit or, or you shouldn't, if that's not for you or you need to stop doing that. I I, I am, I get yep. very frustrated. I, I, I feel like on two of those, I'll, I'll comment on one. I agree. I love the CrossFit, the CrossFit model. Everything can be modifiable. And I agree. I mean, some people are super intimidated, but you're right. You have to kind of get over that because all of us started with nothing. I could barely pull my body two inches off the ground, let alone do a pull-up, right? right? I mean, that takes practice with anything in life. I don't care what it is. It's just that kind of determination to kind of want that. And so, yeah, my CrossFit has gotten much better over the years, um, but you know, you have to start, we all start somewhere. And then I also just feel like that, you know, it, it is, you have to kind of find out what you love. And that's what I tell people. If it's not CrossFit, if it's hiking or if it's Pilates or if it's basketball, you have to find what lights you up. Um, because if you don't, it's dreadful. Right. And it's just like, check the box. I walked my dog for a block and that's maybe where you start, but I want you to like to do it and want to do it. Otherwise they're not going to be able to do it for the long haul. Completely agree. And then anytime you can get into a community of similar like-minded or passionate people around whatever activity that you're Mm -hmm. doing, whether it's pickleball, golf, whatever, um, it makes a big difference of keeping it uh, routine and sustainable. Agree. How often do we see people give up too soon? Good. Now, the question I wanted to ask you earlier, how often do you see your background in nutrition and dietetics it take, you know, in um, can, what's, what, what I'm trying to say here, how often do you see it influence your decision making process in medicine? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it, right? about it, right? What we put in our body influences every aspect, right? So, I mean, our physical health, our mental health, um, our sleep patterns, our metabolism. I mean, so it, it, there's really not an area that it really doesn't affect. Um, so part of it is, is really just that, again, that time with the patient, um, because what I tell you is going to be different than maybe what I tell a 65 year old obese female, right? And that's Absolutely. where that customization and I think experience, right? Um, because I, there's no handout, right? Like here, follow this diet. That doesn't work. We all know that doesn't work, right? So what what makes it successful? Accountability. 
mm-hmm. right? Accountability and a relationship with whoever that right. is, whether it's accountability. Yep. Whether it's me, whether it's with a coach, whether it's a life coach, whether it's a counselor, whether it's your husband, I don't care. Something makes you accountable. And that's why things are successful. That's why like AA is successful, right? You get a sponsor and there's accountability. Like, Hey, how'd you do today? I feel right. like in nutrition and wellness, that, that space where it's hard, right? Like it's, you know, it's easy to do for a little bit, but when you're in the long haul and you're making all those choices in the fast paced life we live, when you have some accountability that someone's going to help you with that um, is where I feel like people are the most successful. I think it's a fantastic comment. And one of the things I feel like from a perspective of where you're at with your patients, how unique is it to have a, a primary care physician and a background in nutrition in a model that affords them the time to to shed, shed down all the barriers in place to really get to know what's going to be most healthy for you. Uh, I just think it's going to be, it's a very unique offer and a unique combination of, of circumstances that really allows you to, to, to treat them very differently than they're going to, than they're going to get somewhere else. Um, so I think that's fantastic. What's, what's one thing that you tell people nearly patients nearly all the time about how to take care of their body as it relates to orthopedic conditions like joint pain, muscle pain, neck pain, back pain. What's something that you wish they understood better about their bodies? Um, So let me think through that. So I think kind of to allude to what I said before, a little bit about kind of an ounce of prevention goes a long way. And I feel like, like we said is, if I can, if you, if we can get, if people can get to you and me earlier before the fact that they can't, you know, walk anymore, then I can do a lot more for them, right? It's just harder when they've waited way too long. Right. And so I feel like sometimes we blow it off or we just, we just, again, part of it, we still have the time we're busy. We're in this busy lifestyle that we don't prioritize our body. And we're like, Oh, we'll get to that. And then by time they get to it, now something is more significant. Um, and I, and that's the same thing with, with orthopedic. Right. And I also feel like it also, a lot of orthopedic stuff also kind of circles back around and, and boils down to obesity and your weight. Right. You think about just knee pain alone. Right. When you're carrying an extra 50 pounds, how much extra weight is your poor knees carrying? Um, That alone is is, you know, something where I feel like it's the elephant in the room, like my knees hurt. Right. I agree. Well, the elephant in the room is I got to get the 50 pounds off and let me you know, your knees are going to get better. I've, I've been reading a lot of papers on the conservative treatment or conservative management for knee pain. And one of the studies showed just a 10 pound reduction in weight. Just a 10 pound reduction in weight manifested a 40% reduction in knee pain. Like nearly half, nearly half of your knee pain is gone with just 10 pounds. And that's that's something that one or two visits, you know, in physical therapy is not gonna do. One or two visits at the doctor that's gonna prescribe you with whatever isn't gonna mm-hmm. do. But in a model with you, as far as having a background in nutrition and the time allotted to help them create a plan that, that is reasonable, they can stick to and have an accountability partner, I think is one thing that's going to be monumental in overall uh, health. Yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. What's something that you tell your clients or patients every day that you wish you could just record and put on repeat? Because you say it so often or because it's so it's so commonly misunderstood or so commonly needed. 
I don't know. I think I feel like, Nick, we might have addressed this already with regards to kind of the prevention piece, which I feel like in yeah. primary care is probably the most important thing, um, because I feel like that that's where all of the money is for me is that prevention piece. So I'm always talking to people about um, with regards to like, let's just say, for example, you know, I have people that are in their 40s that have never even had labs, you know. Right. So it's, it's ama- right. It's amazing what's out there with regards to sometimes we bury our head in the sand because we're scared of what we might find. Um, so we bury our head in the sand too long. Yeah. And then it's now a bigger concern. I, yeah, that's a great point. Tell me a bit about. Um, we've talked a lot about prevention and a lot about some of the conditions that you work with uh, in, in terms of obesity and, and diabetes. One of the things that we deal with a lot in physical therapy is arthritis. And sometimes people come in feeling like, oh, it's it's arthritis. There's nothing you can do about arthritis. What conversations are you in with your patients regarding their condition of arthritis and about how to manage the pain with arthritis? Right. Um, we don't move our bodies enough. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Um, so that that's where it boils down to. So if you look at our lifestyle, right, most of us, not most, but a lot of us have sitting jobs. So we sit all day and then we wonder why our back hurts or our upper back hurts and then our posture or then, oh, our phones. We're constantly like this in this forward neck down. flexion, uh-huh. right? Especially the kids. I mean, I see kids that come in with neck pain, right? Because they're constantly looking forward. And they're like, my neck hurts. I'm like, I know why your neck hurts. <laughs> um, so, but those are harder conversations, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, so I think movement in general with the lifestyle that we live is so important. So I talk a lot about like, again, even just during the day, right? If you do have a desk job, getting up during the day, having a sit and stand desk, right? On your lunch hour, if you're at home going and walking around the block doing, you know, 25 squats, it's not that hard um, to get some movement during the day. I think people have this impression that they have to do this big 30 minute workout in order to count it as exercise. So part of it is just breaking it down for them where I just want your body to move. It doesn't have to be this regimented exercise plan um, so that you can lose weight, right? There's a lot of end goals besides just losing weight with exercise. I completely agree. I love the idea of you baking activity into the day, whether that's instead of driving to the mailbox, walk to the mailbox with your dog outside, whatever it is, just look for opportunities to move and to get going as a start. And then we can start worrying about getting right. more activity, more, more specific activity. Yep. I think it's one of the most misunderstood orthopedic conditions that I deal with a lot is um, people's understanding of what arthritis is. And they'll come to us and say, I don't know why my doctor referred me to you guys. It's arthritis. There's nothing you can do about it. When the reality is there's all kinds that we can do about it. Once we find out what's contributing to your pain, what muscles are tight, which ones are weak, how the joint is stiff, like whatever needs to happen. There's so much that we can do to help open up those joints so that that arthritic pain doesn't persist, get worse, and then lead to a joint replacement. Speaking of preventive medicine. Yep. Well, great. Thank you, Dr. Tartaglia. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners in this area to know either regarding your style of practice or something health related that you feel like so many people just need to hear this because it's it's either overlooked or not said enough? Um, well, I can tell you just a little bit more about the practice. So my new office is on 78th Avenue in Deer Valley. So I'm in like Northwest. I'm in Northwest Peoria. 
Beautiful. Um, yeah. So I do family practice. So that means I do. Some people don't know that family practice also does pediatrics. So I do kind of um, birth to grave, so to speak. So I love that piece of it where I yeah. can really, you know, kind of have the whole family as part of the practice. And that that's the piece I love is I can grow. You know, I get to grow with my kids that are my patients, which I, I absolutely love. And so I think just kind of making sure people understand that having a relationship with your doctor, no matter who that person is, whether it's me or someone else, I think is really important. So, you know, don't be satisfied with mediocre care, right? Like, so find somebody that matches you. Not, not every, it's just like any relationship, right? So if you don't like your doctor, find someone different, find somebody that understands you and like your goals. Cause we're not always on the same page and that's okay. Um, but find somebody who's on your page and that's where you need to find that relationship. Cause that's, that's how you're going to get to your best underlying healthcare. I love it. And one thing to consider also is don't think that because it's it's not in network or, or accepted by your insurance that you can't access that kind of care. Mm-hmm. Too often, I feel like people will come to me and say, oh, well, you're not in my network. It's like, but we can help. And mm-hmm. that's what's important to you. We can help you. Yep, exactly. Well, great. I think that's wonderful. I think it's a fantastic set of background and um, credentials that you have. Uh, obviously, being a mother, you understand kids and how they grow. You understand nutrition and how it correlates to overall healthcare, why it's important to offer preventative medicine opportunities, but also how to handle those conversations and the time that is necessary to help people see and decide that a healthier lifestyle exists for them and that action is going to be their next best step for them to be able to live the life that they want to live. Great interview. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you have any other questions, what's the best way for them to reach you? So um, I, just my website is www.tartagliafamilymedicine.com is probably the easiest way. Um, and then you're welcome to call us. That was one of the things that was super important to me is that when you call, you actually get a real person. Um, so that customer service piece is what I'm bringing back to. Excellent. Love the idea. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Nick. Preferred physical therapy and the guests on this show does not recommend, endorse, or make any representation about the efficacy, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, products, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained on or available through this content. Preferred physical therapy and the guests on this show are not responsible nor liable for any advice, course of treatment, diagnosis, or any other information, services, or products that you obtain through this audio recording. For specific information regarding your case, please consult a licensed professional in your area. Thank you for joining us today.